1 Thessalonians 3:11 to 13. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all his holy ones. This is the word of God. Great, do keep that open. And um, we're going to study that together. It's a prayer, but let's uh, pray that the Lord would help us to really kind of take this prayer on board in our lives. Well, that is uh, what we come to you with. We want to seek you, as we did when we prayed at the beginning, that you be our vision. We pray now that... Your principles, your priorities, this prayer would soak into us that we might be those who are part of your purposes, who are seeking you and serving you in our community for your glory's sake. Amen. So in Western culture, we talk about having personal things, don't we? Personal property, a personal bank account to manage our finances, perhaps a personal trainer to get us into shape. And if you write a diary, well, it's, it's for your eyes only. It's, it's personal. Well, as Christians, we too often talk about having a personal relationship with God through Jesus. And we know what we mean by that, I think, that, that, that it's real, it's true. God is a person. He's not just an idea. But that particular phrase isn't found in the Bible. And so we ought to be slightly careful of it. There's a little danger built into it that just like we get to choose our personal bank account or our fitness regime or not to have one, we start to think, well, we can choose when it comes to God too. We can choose what kind of relationship we want with God. It's a personal, private matter between me and God and no one else is involved. That's the danger of that way of speaking. But when the Bible talks about the Christian life, it doesn't talk about something private, an individual. It talks about something communal. Christians are called to become part of God's family, a community of brothers and sisters, called to be a fellowship, a partnership. That's the vision of the Christian life that's there in the Bible. It's about a church in relationship with God Almighty. And yes, each one of us individually, personally, definitely, but it's all of us communally, first and foremost. Jesus said... By this shall all people know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And we see that same principle in what we're looking at today from 1 Thessalonians, this prayer that the Lord would make our love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. So that's the vision that we're going to consider this morning, that we together are a community that is we're praying that we would be a blessing to one another as we love one another and that we be a blessing to our wider community uh, as that overflows from us. That's the picture here that uh, we're praying. And we're thinking it's part of an ambassador series. It's a key part of how we as a church represent Jesus in the world around us. As we're a community where the love is amongst us and then overflows from us. That's the vision. I think it's a great vision for the church. And actually, it's a great vision for your life and my life, how we can be part of God's big plan, God's big purpose. Because nowadays, people are pretty isolated 
particularly in cities. For many people, the world seems to have shrunk to the size of a TV screen or perhaps even a phone screen. And when you discover that the Christian faith is not about isolated people, isolated believers, a little island of spirituality here and there, but rather a whole continent of Christians called to be part of God's family together, banded together by the Spirit. It's a wonderful vision. We're baptized into one body, into one faith, the body of Jesus. We pray our Father, as we did a minute ago. Not, not just my Father, but our Father. We read the Bible, read as a community. That's what we do each week. We, we want to love one another. And when we hear that, gosh, well, who did that apply to? Well, I, the people sitting around us right now. That's, that's obviously who it applies to. First and foremost, isn't it? Loving one another. And when we sing, we sing together, we confess together, we eat and drink in remembrance of him together. Christianity is not a solo enterprise, not a private relationship between Jesus and me. It is personal, but it's also public and communal. And it's much richer and much more relevant in our lonely city because of that. Now, if we're going to be that kind of community, if we're going to have the spiritual resources to love each other through thick and thin... We're going to need to do what Paul does here, and that is pray for God's help in that. Uh, So verse 12, he's praying for a growing love. Verse 13, he's praying for a growing holiness, and the two are linked, as we'll look at in a minute. He's seeking God for those things. The Christian faith is never about sort of looking inside for inner resources, hidden reserves. It's going to God and saying, Lord, you've called us to be people who are like you in the world, in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our community. You've called us, Lord, please strengthen us to be those kind of people. Fill us that we might then be these loving people who love overflows from. So if you just take one thing away this morning, perhaps just take away this principle that let's be those who are praying for God's filling, for God's strengthening, for God to work in us as people. Maybe take these verses, write out these prayers, get, get home, find a Bible or on the internet or on your phone, get these verses up and write them out in your own words and put it somewhere where you'll notice that and it will remind you to pray for these things. That will be a great take home from this, uh, this sermon. But in our time, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into those two things and think about them and just meditate on them together. So the first of those, you're growing love. That's what God wants for us. That's what we want to pray for. And I think we'll see the reason, really. Hannah mentioned it in the prayers. There are some people in life who are really easy to love. Um, I think someone like Terry Wogan, when he was alive, it would be fairly difficult to take a strong dislike to Terry Wogan. He was a nice fellow, very charming. Anthony Joshua seems to me, I mean, obviously in the boxing ring, he's absolutely terrifying, but in normal life, he seems a really nice bloke. He lives at home, looks after his mum. I just think, yeah, good lad. There are some people who are really easy to like, and then there's church. And you think, oh, well, yeah, actually, we're a mixture, aren't we? Uh, maybe there are some here that you think, yeah, I find them really easy to like. They're really lovely. Ah, but there's other people, aren't there? And we're all just a mixture. We're all very different people, Uh, different politics, different personalities, different backgrounds, what we like, what we don't like. For us to really love each other as a church family, that's going to take something supernatural. 
You see, because here we have people who would never normally speak to each other. In society around us, young and old don't, don't often meet each other, do they? Rich and poor don't usually spend time each other, together in social sort of contexts, you know, just hanging out and spending some time in each other's company. That's not what normally happens in London. We've got different con- cultures in London. We coexist quite peacefully most of the time in West London, but we coexist. We don't interact. We don't enrich each other. We don't come together to build something together very well that often. But that's very much what God calls us to do and to be in church. It's his idea, so it must be possible with his help. Yeah? He's backing this. It may take something supernatural, but that's exactly the point. That is what God is doing. He is doing something which takes ordinary people like you and me, and he works in us. He, he makes us new in Christ as we put our faith in him. We're changed to become his children. And so we belong not only to God, but to each other as a family of brothers and sisters, of young and old, of kind of spiritual grandparents and parents to those of us who are younger. We, we belong together. We go together. And beneath our differences, we should find, if we go a bit deeper, there's that same... Connecting, connection to God and so to each other in a sort of family likeness as God works in us. And I, I, I sometimes say to people who are, who are not Christians, I, I, I sometimes, because it's God's work, I'm prepared to boast about it. But I, I will boast about the fact that in even a, a relatively small church like St. Helens, a little neighbourhood church, that there are some very different people who God has brought together. And I want to say... How, how do you, I want to say to somebody who not, doesn't believe, I want to say, how do you explain that? How do you explain that? That we've got such diversity all brought together in Christ to accept each other as brothers and sisters, to, to come and build something together. Isn't it the work of God? I don't know how persuasive that is, but I, I, I will share that because I, I, I find it very moving. I think it's wonderful. And his purpose is that that would happen more and more and it would overflow from us in our community, that we would be able to help our community in that way too. And there's this picture, a bit like uh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the spread of the Christian message from one to another, like a stone into a pond and the ripples go out and out and out. There's that same sort of rippling out here, isn't it? Love increasing for one another and everyone else as well. That's verse 12. And it's... It's what happens as we gather week by week. We, we spend an hour together, we, we meditate on the Bible, we, we sing, we, we pray, we come together in communion. We remember how much God loves us and we pray that it would soak into our souls and would make us this kind of community which overflows uh, to others naturally. And as we have that picture of the the love increasing and overflowing. I want to ask on Trinity Sunday, hint, does it remind you of anybody? You see, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible either. It's a summary word, a, a word that um, people coming up with summarizing the Christian doctrine have, have found for, for how God reveals himself to be in the Bible as Father and Son and Holy Spirit who love each other, who've always eternally loved each other who have such a rich love that it overflows in the creation of the universe. And then when we went wrong in the salvation of the human race through Jesus Christ, 
That's who God is as Trinity, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit eternally loving one another. And he calls you and me as his family to be part of that over, overflowing wave of love going out. See? What a, what a great vision for our lives. To be like our God, our maker, who's made us in his image, in loving and overflowing. Now, I want to encourage this, like Paul does here with the Thessalonians. I think that is already happening here at St. Helens. As I say, the diversity that God's brought together, the um, friendships that we uh, give and receive here, uh, the support uh, that we do give into the community. I, I, I mean, I experienced it personally when I broke my hip. The way that people rallied around, the way that people helped me was just wonderful. It really, really blessed my soul. Uh, others have had that experience. Others just sort of, it's just everyday life, isn't it? Being involved in the community, being at the different groups that happen, that are um, looking after retired people, volunteering in them. Uh, Tim's example there of visiting a, a former ne- neighbour, um, involved as school governors, visiting people in need. Um, I don't know whether he's still doing it. One person was helping uh, review security footage at a shopping centre to make sure that was a good place to, to be. Just, just being involved kind of people giving kind of people in our communities, how it overflows. I think it's happening. Now, I'm not saying that to make us proud. I'm, I'm saying that because where it's happening, we praise God and, Paul's example here, we pray for more. So Paul's saying, you're doing really well, so therefore I pray that you continue to do really well and even more. It would increase and overflow. Yeah? And actually, therefore, if we're going to keep serving God, if we're going to keep loving each other, we need his help. So let's keep praying. Prayers like this. And the second part of that is that the next verse, um, a growing love, equally, it's a growing holiness. May God strengthen you, verse 13, so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Paul's conscious as he thinks about his life, as he looks ahead, he's saying, I'm I'm living day by day towards that day when Jesus comes. And when Jesus came first time, he came in humility, in fulfilment of the the Old Testament prophecies, as uh, born as a baby. But when he returns, he will come in all of his inherent glory and blazing power, surrounded by holy ones, his his angels, and, and we'll all stand before him. And Paul's just conscious of that day of accountability. And also that that day is the beginning of the future, the new heavens and the new earth, where it will be filled with the presence of God in a tangible way, in a way that's just full of holiness, of godness. That's the future. And Paul says, I want to live today in the light of that future. And so, Lord, strengthen me, strengthen us to be holy and blameless in everyday life, in our church life. And the two are linked, actually. There's no break in the sentence in the original language. He prays that we'll grow in love so that we'll be established in holiness before God. And that underlines the point we started with. You can't do any of that on your own. You can't be a loving person if you don't actually love other people. You can't do it as an individual isolated unit. You've got to be engaged with others and that's what pleases God. That's what's holy is to be like God in loving others as we're called to be. 
And so we need the same perspective. We live for eternity. We remember in the midst of you know, all the mess and confusion of, of life that there is going to be a day when God makes everything right. He's called us to belong to him and to be part of that and to become more and more like him in the meantime. So we pray for this strength to be people who reflect his character, to be holy people as we live our lives. I don't know whether you've ever um, read up on the difference between extroverts and introverts. Some of us will be experts on that, I think. Uh, Other of us um, will have sort of read sort of pop stuff on it. Um, It's not about how friendly people are. It's not about that. It's about what recharges you as a person. Where do you get your energy from as a person? Are you someone who generally gets really energised by a social context? You're amongst people and you kind of, you you come more alive and... uh, If that's you, then that's the more kind of extrovert um, side of our personalities. You may, on the other hand, be someone who um, you spend time with people and you enjoy it, but it actually drains you. You feel actually quite tired after a a long time with people and you need to go away and recharge on your own. And that's an introvert or that side of our personality. And we've all got a measure of both, but some of us tend to be more one or the other. And I just want to say, if, if you are the more introvert side of that, if actually being amongst people actually you find quite tiring and uh, you need to recharge other, then for you in particular, church can be quite costly. And so well done. Because love is costly, isn't it? For all of us, love is costly. And so that's part of the commitment of commitment to others is that we, however we're wired, we seek to love one another in a way that's true to ourselves. One of the most inspiring people I've met uh, in this regard is a guy called Dave Meldrum. He's a vicar in South Africa in Cape Town. And um, I spent a month at uh, the church that he leads when I was on sabbatical there. And the key reason I felt drawn to do that was when I'd visited his church before, it was a super service, really inspiring. But as the service finished and the sort of the organ played... I could see from Dave's body language that he kind of like, he kind of like sort of went in on himself and I could see, oh, he is a massive introvert. I hadn't spotted that at all in the service because he was giving out. But all his body language was saying, his instinct at that point was to just go and be on his own and kind of recover from giving out in the service. But I saw him almost kind of physically climb over all of that in order to go and talk to people, in order to um, make sure everyone's all right. Uh, I was telling to my neighbour, eventually he came over to me and welcomed me because I was a new face. And I thought, this guy's impressive. He's the real deal. And I really want to come back to this church. I use that as an example, which I've seen. uh, uh, All of us are different, but this call to love each other, this call to be like God, to be holy, it's to be a community that's worth belonging to, but then also reflects and overflows with God's love. That's, that's the vision. So I wonder, uh, will we take it from here and will we start to pray like if we're not, maybe we're already praying like this for our church community, but as you think about church, will you pray with the Apostle Paul following his leadership 
that God would be doing these things amongst us. If you, like me, need encouragement in that, you may be thinking, I'm not brilliant at praying on my own. Well, come on Tuesday or come on Wednesday morning. There's two options in the week this week. Uh, praying with others for these things. However you do it, let's, let's do this. Let's be prayerful people, praying that God would be at work, strengthening us with a growing love and a growing holiness, because then we'll be ambassadors. We'll be ambassadors in our community, a community of those who are taught by God to love each other, where that overflows and we're a blessing to the community that we live in. That's the vision.